Welcome to the weekly podcast of Upper Room Christian Fellowship in Lincoln, Nebraska. Thank you for listening. Good morning. It's really a blessing to hear you all singing. I have to tell you that. It sounds like such a holy place. When the body of believers come to sing together. It's interesting because back in the late 60s and early 70s, when the hippies were coming to church, a lot of times there was no room for them. So what they would do is sit in the front, cross-legged, sitting there listening. And right now I feel like I have several girls now sitting in the front here. So, it's kind of cool. I miss that. What? Not worth repeating? Whatever you said. We are in Romans chapter 5. I promise you this will not be long. If you would, though, if you would stand for the reading of the Word of God, and that includes the hippie girls in the front, Starting in verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into His grace, in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that why are you yet sinners? Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through Him. For if, when we were enemies, we reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more having been reconciled, we have been saved by His life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now receive reconciliation. Let's pray. Father, our prayer this morning is again that your word would be active in our lives, that your spirit would work these truths in us. Stretch us, Lord, in our faith and stretch us with the understanding of the power that truly is within us because of who he is. My prayer is is that lives would be changed this morning, that hearts would grow strong, that faith would become powerful. The love would be imminent. And the truth would be in everyone's heart as the understanding of the newness of life that is in each of us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Now, last week we talked about God's love being poured out in us. And I'm looking for... He is not here. Okay, never mind. I will tell him, oh, there you are, Mark. Last week it was love poured out, okay? 
This week, it's love demonstrated. Now, the word love that we're going through here is the word agape. It's the highest form of love. It's a selfless love. Now, it's been described, if you will, defined, some say, displayed in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I'll have to turn there. 1 Corinthians 13, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long. It's kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things. It's been rightly said that early, if you will, if you put Jesus Christ's name there, then you get a picture of Jesus, which gives us a picture of God's love towards us. Now, Jesus would go on to say, Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. It's a selfless love. It's a powerful love. It's not based on just emotion. It's based on character. The divine character. God is love. Now, in verse 6 we find that strength... For we were still without strength in due time. That word strength means weak, sick, impotent. No ability on your part nor mine. But when we were without strength in due time, it means strategic time. At the right time. The fullness of time, it says in Galatians. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. That we may receive the adoptions of sons and daughters. Christ died for the ungodly. Well, who is the ungodly? Well, we already went through this in Romans chapter 3. It's all of us. There's none righteous. No, not one. None of us deserve anything but separation from God. And that is hell. People always say, how can God send people to hell? God's sending people to a place that His Spirit will not be. Because that's the choice of the people, that they don't want God in their lives. And God gives them what they want. That's hell. If you want a simple description of what hell is, it's just that. Separation from God, who is love. He's kind. He's gentle. He's tender-hearted. And again, go through 1 Corinthians 13. In verse 7 we see, For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. Again, humanly speaking, that scarcely or rarely somebody would die for another. Mostly it would be for a family member, especially a father for a child or a father for his wife or a mother for her children. But scarcely will one do it for a stranger. Scarcely or 
Rarely will one do to somebody just because they are known as being a right person or a good person. No. Verse 8, But God demonstrates His own love towards us. Now, Kenneth Wiest, in this word demonstrate, says it means to show, to prove, to establish, to exhibit, or if you will, to display. To display God's love for us. God displayed His own love towards us. Remember that love from 1 Corinthians 13 is not envious. It's not angry. It's not bitter. God demonstrates, puts on display His own love towards us in that while we're still sinners, ungodly, separated from God, Christ died for us. In His death, He did these things. In His death, He did be demonstrate His love for us. In His death, He took our sin upon Himself to die for you. Die for me. God again through eternity opens up the drapes and says, I love you. And that word displayed, if you will, it's used in the context of Greek that it's constantly on display. That every time somebody says God is not love, God just points to the cross. See, God in His infinite wisdom still knows how to speak to the finite, you and me, and the hearts that can be pulled on. And how's that? That a father would give his son for strangers. No, not strangers, enemies. Again, displayed for us. To understand a little better, better. It's God's love for us being demonstrated throughout eternity. John put it this way. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, revealed, unveiled, that God has sent His only begotten Son into the world that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us. And sent His Son to be the propitiation of our sins. Taking our punishment upon Himself. Taking our, really, if you will, what we deserved upon Himself. That's what Christ did for us. Propitiation shows His love in death. Now, knowing that this is the love on display through His death. Paul is now going to come to an argument for us to hear, for us to receive, for us to accept and to acknowledge, for us to go on in our walk with the Lord, to understand this truth in such a powerful way. See, in verse 9, he says this, much more than, much more than the death, how it was demonstrated, than having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved through the wrath through Him. Much more, having now begun justified, declared righteous by His blood, we shall be saved. A future statement of fact from wrath. McDonald says, saved away from any contact of God's wrath, whether the physical or the future. Hear me please, and I know this is a struggle for some. You are not going to face the wrath of God. You're not. 
till the things you see happening now, that's not the wrath of God. When it happens, trust me, everybody's going to know it's God. In fact, in Revelation, it says that people run into caves and say, please hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. We are not appointed unto wrath. Notice verse 10 now. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. He's alive. The power of His resurrection goes beyond anything that we can understand. Much more we shall be saved. It means to keep safe and sound by His life. Resurrected and seated at the right hand of the Father. If Jesus dying brought us back to favor with God while we were still enemies, how much more now that we are children, His life will keep us. Jesus is for us. He is our advocate. His life destroyed death. He prays for us. He's for us. Notice the pause for effect. Jesus is for you. He's not against you. He's for us. Alive. We are alive in Him. Romans 8 says this, And if Christ in you, the body is dead because of sin... The Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. In Philippians 3.10, then we understand why Paul says that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death. Later on in Romans 6, we'll read this. Therefore, We were buried with Him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. In 2 Corinthians 13.4, it says, For though He was crucified in weakness, yet He lives by the power of God. For we also are weak in Him, but we shall live with Him by the power of God toward you. There's a popular movie, I assume it's popular. It's about the nuclear bomb and unleashing the power within that. Which again is a gateway to more and more power. You know, it's kind of like the Tim Taylor, if you know, um, tool time. More power, more power. They're trying to unleash power and, and really, if you will, in such a way that's so dynamic that it can take, really, the, the energy of the whole world can be produced. In such powerful ways, they're constantly looking for more power. But if you and I would realize that the power of God that is in us is so much more powerful than anything on this earth, that the power of God that is in you is able not only to save you, but to change you, but not only to change you, transform you into the image of the Son. Just think if we were to grab hold of this. Just think if we were to embrace this. Just think if we were to... Seek this in our lives, in a day-to-day 
manner? What would that be like? It would be like Ephesians 3, 19 and 20 says. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. The enemy has tied the hands of too many of us for too long. Our flesh has dictated what we think is life and joy and it brings only emptiness, heartache. But the truth and the reality of what is or who is in you surpasses knowledge. But it brings forth the opportunity, a possibility that goes beyond what you can imagine or think. The God who loves you demonstrated this love, poured out His love in you, demonstrated and shows the world constantly, has said, I have loved you. I now call you friend. No, not just friend, I call you brother. Not just brother, I call you sons of God and daughters of God. You are mine. And the love and the power that I have that can be displayed in your life makes any energy on this earth seem like just a flicker of a match. And even that leaves it too much of its own because... As Colossians says, he holds everything together in the palm of his hand. So what does that leave us? Notice verse 11. Not only that, but we also rejoice. Rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation. I have to. Just quickly. Remember a couple studies ago? What did we learn? We've been declared righteous. We've been accepted in Christ. We've been granted access as sons and daughters. Standing in His grace, His favor. And remembering God likes us. Rejoicing in the hope of the glory of God given to us. Being transformed into Christ's image. Given the Holy Spirit who pours the love of God into our hearts, power now to live as Christ. Rejoice. So I encourage you, because you were doing it this morning. Don't look downcast, look joyful. This is good news. Rejoice in the fact God hasn't given up on you. Rejoice in the fact that God's at work in you. Rejoice in the fact that God is not going to stop until you're complete. God's not going to stop until His love is so poured out in you, you can't help but just fall down and say, I am love. And that this God that loves me, finally, you can truly say with a pure heart, and I love Him. With all my heart, mind, soul, 
I love God because he first loved us. So how do we celebrate? Oh, glad you asked. I knew Liam was about ready to ask it. That's why I went ahead and said it for you, Liam. Don't worry. We have communion. We have a time of just rejoicing again. God's love on display for us, but also acknowledging that God's love is poured out in us. So with that, I'll ask the worship team to come up and play the first song. Pass out the elements. And while they're coming up, let me pray for us. Father, we just thank you for this time that we can remember, Lord, that we can embrace that these truths, again, that we can actually hold something physically in demonstration of what you did for us. Lord, we just pray your blessing upon this time and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.